So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club and all things soccer, little uh, Leagues Cup, some uh, U.S. Women's National Team World Cup soccer, and some transfer stuff that's happening, obviously, that uh, we've got some new signings at Atlanta United. We're going to talk about it all, Dave, Carmen. Dustin, who's listening in the background here, how's, how's everybody doing? We've got a live guest. Yes. Ramped up the pressure. You guys doing like good? It. Thanks for coming <laughs> yeah, on doing a Friday well. night. Yes. I brought a Catina Malbec. This is a terrific Argentinian wine in honor of there might be an Argentinian player in the league who's doing pretty well. It might be good. Do you know who that is? <laughs> yes. Um, to show how out of it I am today, Yeah. what am I missing? What am I missing, people? You've got the ATL on Fire shirt on. I got, I yeah. got missing shirt. nothing. Yeah, well, that's, that's all good. Wine. Oh. Oh, it's over. You stay put. You stay put. <laughs> we left the wine on the counter. Uh, um, for oh shame. Boy. For shame. Swing that around. I think that's foreshadowing. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We poured it. We just didn't give yes, it to you. Yes. Dustin, Oops. Dustin, you're more of a tequila person, so <laughs> you enjoy that Don Julio over there. Um, so uh, let's talk about our sponsor, Wild Heaven Beer. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I assume they're going to be. I think Dustin's drinking one right now. Is they're going to be airing the Sweden game. When is the Sweden game? Carmen, Saturday. Sunday, 5 a.m., yeah. I think. Something the like that. Of night. Oh. Yeah, something like that. I wonder, I, I don't know, I wouldn't doubt it if Wild Heaven is going to be serving beer at 5 a.m. for <laughs> the, like it. For the Sweden game. So I wouldn't put that past Nick, so look that up online. Our sponsor, Wild Heaven, always doing something yeah, for soccer. Sunday so- at 5 a.m., yeah. correct. Yeah, and I think they did a Soccer in the Streets event for yeah. to watch the first game on, like, later on. Or the last game, one of the games. Not later allowed on. to be in the streets at 3 a.m. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So the League's Cup is past the group stage at this point, right? It's past us. Past us. <laughs> it's definitely past Atlanta United, who's crashed out. Oh. Um, we lost 4-0 in pretty embarrassing fashion to Inter-Miami. Correct. Even though we played Barcelona's C team, uh, they <laughs> absolutely crushed us. Um, and then we actually had a decent game against Cruz Azul, um, you know. Yep. At least was watchable soccer to me. I'm yeah. not saying not saying we we did well because we didn't win, but you know I think we at least you know didn't have an embarrassing game, played some some good soccer, and didn't get it done. So uh, well, the interesting thing about the Miami game is it took Messi all of what ten minutes to figure out our weakness, right? So the, the first ten minutes of the game, he was up top, and we were pretty okay. In fact, we were dominating the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah. And then Messi just dropped a little bit deeper. And all of a sudden, our center backs, Parata um, and uh, Miles, and they were like, 
Um, do I do follow them up? <laughs> or not? And we were only playing basically Sosa on an island, and he had all day. So, um, And then he figured out he could get the ball, and then where is our weakness, right? He just slotted it out wide and just kept drifting up the middle. It was so yeah. easy. Yeah, to the Taylor kid. Yeah. Who then it's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll play that ball back into you and look really good. So the yeah. first goal, he checked into the midfield. Parata was like, should I go? Should I go? Should I go? Should I go? And then he eventually kind of went. And then Messi brought him like 10 yards and then just went right by him like a cone. And Parata was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have gone. <laughs> and he was, he just couldn't stay with him, even a 35-year-old Messi, right? And he just ran by him and he got the ball right in and scored. The second goal, he dropped in the middle, right? Got the ball, dribbled with no pressure, played it out wide, ran into the middle, got the ball back and and slotted in the far post. Mm -hmm. So that in a nutshell is everything that's wrong about what we've been talking about, how our midfield doesn't, you know, we have overloaded in the midfield, how we don't mark up out wide, right? <laughs> I mean, it was like, it took them all of 10 minutes to figure it out. So we're already uh, waist deep in the Miami Atlanta game. Um, what do you think about the league's cup so far? Are you watching any other games outside of Atlanta United or Miami? Carmen, you have thoughts? I have I not watched anything. Okay. I watched the Miami, the next round. Who did they play? Miami. Orlando. 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 I watched that one mm -hmm. just to watch Messi, basically. Yeah. Um, but that's, those are the only ones I've watched. One thing I'll say overall, right? So one big question that we thought we were going to potentially answer, right? Liga MX versus MLS overall. Not any given team, yeah. but overall. And I think the answer is very clear. Right. The answer is that the leagues are pretty comparable. Right. Yeah. So uh, uh, MLS is just starting to edge ahead now with the, the most recent games in the last couple of days. Um, so Carmen and it's because we're at home. So we have a little advantage at home. So we're a little bit better. And then the only difference where the Mexican teams are really thriving are really the top, you know, mm -hmm. just couple of teams. But if you really look at it. It looks like the leagues are pretty much yeah. the same. So yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna totally agree with that because they're at a disadvantage because they're playing, you know, in the U.S. So there's definitely a, an advantage to all the MLS teams. Uh, but Carmen, what do you think out of the 20 teams that were in the group stage? How many teams, uh -oh. uh, or out of the 20? Sorry, out of the 20 teams that advanced, Got it. out of the group stage, okay. how many were MLS teams? How many were Liga MX? What's the what's the divide of twenty teams? Okay. Let's go twelve eight MLS. Very close. It was eleven nine. Oh, I wanted to guess that just yeah. because what you said. Ele eleven. Yeah. <laughs> eleven. I didn't know the answer. I just knew in general we're we're slightly ahead, particularly with the next set of games that have occurred. We're now a little bit further ahead, but all we are is ahead. As mostly the way we're ahead is that in the ties we're winning more on the penalty kicks, and yeah. that's that's the home field advantage. That's all that is. It's not right. like the Mexican teams are worse at, you know, penalty right. kicks. Right. All right. So we just have that slight edge, and it means that the teams are basically even. But LAFC just roasted somebody 7-1 or 7 oh, nothing. seriously? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So at least. Implosion. Wasn't there a red card in that game? Is no, a red card? I, I don't know. But the referees are just so bad in both <laughs> leagues, really. Because I assume. I, I don't know. Are the, are the refs that are doing the league's cup a mixture of MLS well, and. That's a good question. And, I don't know the uh, answer League to that. Next? Because that would seem only fair, but... I don't know the answer to that. I'm a large supporter of the League MX. Yeah. yeah. Who's your team, Dustin? Monterey? Yes, sir. 
good. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were a Monterey fan. Monterey. Um, oh, there wasn't a red card in the LAFC Juarez game. No, they just. There've been a bunch of red cards in a bunch yeah. of games. Atlas got a red card. They were up two nil. They got a red card. It looked like New England was done. They got a red card. New England came back, tied it two two, and won in penalty kicks. That's how you get those Mexican teams. <laughs> you just so, get a man sent off, and then it's a lot easier. Back to the, the, the inner Miami Atlanta game. Talk to me about Pineda going up against Messi. You know, really the second team that's going up against Messi. What's your grade? Obviously, it can't be good. Well, the interesting thing is it started out really well in that all the all the quotes from Pineda were like, look, the main thing is you have to cut off the Busquets to Messi pipeline, right? So that's actually the truth, right? The way to deny Messi is not to try to keep him, is to deny him the ball. So, right? so Messi what, gets the ball, he's just, just forget it. So what went wrong in that ball where even I could have played it to Messi with the amount of time that Busquets had? Well, this is where it the, all breaks down because circle. he did nothing to address that. As far as I could tell, we just played the exact way we've been playing. And we don't close down anybody in the center midfield. That has been our biggest problem the whole season, yeah. right? That we get a little overloaded in the midfield and everybody blames Sosa. But, you know, one thing I was thinking about after this game, right, is that, you know, um, or after these couple of games, just after this game. But Sosa, I finally figured out, I think, why Pineda doesn't like Sosa and why a lot of the fans don't like Sosa. Okay. Because if, if you watch Sosa, of the center midfielders, he's probably the guy who gets beat the most. And the reason is the other guys don't even come close to getting close to the ball, right? They're not marking. They're not reading it, whatever. Sosa's reading all the danger and is constantly going into 2v1s and crazy situations. And then he gets beat and people are like, ah, Sosa's not that good. But the reason that it's happening is Josetu and Sadic are doing nothing to help, right? They are actually awful marking, right? And so they're not close to a guy. They never get beat. And I think, so if you just watch the ball, if you're like a, the average middle school, you know, high school soccer coach and you're just watching the ball, you would say, look, Sosa's not doing too well. But if you actually watch the game and you're like, well, why is Sosa not doing too well? Mm-hmm. Because he's constantly struggling to get in, you know, close out a guy out of position, right? And he's, you know, trying to make desperation plays because the other guys aren't marking. Yeah, and it's not just the other midfielders too. It's also... I would assume the center backs as well. Yeah, and they're they're also not pressed up. There's yeah. out, there's outlets out wide. It's just a nightmare, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, it could be Casemiro in this team, right? Or I don't know who you yeah. think is the best defensive midfielder, but Casemiro has been wonderful for yes. Man United, and it could be Casemiro in this game, and he looked just like Sosa. Yeah, Yapstone. Mm, okay, uh, <laughs> it's it's just impossible what they're asking him to do. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You're right. So. Okay, so anything else you want to call out in the the Miami game? It was uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, what what is there? Are there any good takeaways from Atlanta in that game? At so all? we started with Sosa, you know, and it was Jose too, right? Yeah. Um, that's just as a two in the midfield. It's never going to be good enough. Was Moyamba in that game? No, he didn't yeah. start or whatever. And I actually wrote, "We need Moyamba, and we need a you know, and we need a third center midfielder." Yeah. Right? <laughs> Both of those things have to be true. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, as we'll get to in a minute, in the second game, he played Muyamba. But you would think, okay, so the answer had to be we need a third center midfielder. It has to be Muyamba, right? So it'd be, you know, Sosa, Muyambo, and maybe a third. Or maybe just try to get away with Sosa and Muyambo. But that's not what he did. He brought in Muyamba for Sosa. Mm. Right? And in the second right. game, he played Muyamba and Sadich. Yeah. Also not good enough. Right? This is... <sighs> All right. Uh, you know. Dustin, you got something to say? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how a lot of fans feel uh, about it. Right That's about it. Did we have a bet on whether Sosa would start or was that another game? Yes, this was the bet. Um, and, and I have to say, I have my notes are actually on it under the second game. <laughs> but I have a... Uh, I still lost the bet, but... You know, <laughs> oh, I, I want something. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you even have to remind me of that. That's how bad. So I, I said that he was going to bench Sosa. He didn't. So I lost a bet. Yes. But he did it the second game. He did. Right. So did. I said that what was going to happen is Muyama was going to come in and then he wasn't going to play them together and that he was going to play Muyamba instead of Sosa. And I lost <laughs> a bet because Sosa started. But as soon as Muyamba started, Sosa didn't. So I get like. Some points. Yeah, I had it right. It was just one yeah. game too early. You're always looking right? to be right. <laughs> I mean, so, so anything. Miyama and Sosa would be better. Yes. Much, much better together. They need. You need. We got to have some players who defend in the middle, yeah. right? We have Sosa, and that's the only player who plays he's, defense he's, in he's the middle. The only defensive center mid that we have right now. A lot of like today's point. A lot of people don't like him because. The optics on his play are, you know, rightfully bad because he's not playing well. But it's because of everything else that's surrounding him is is our theory on that. Because we think he's got good vision on reading the danger, but he's too late to get there because of everything else, else that's happening around him. And so the other thing about it, this game is that the subs... Right? So I know we were getting killed by Miami. Miami, Miami yeah, subs. but the halftime subs... Hernandez for Parata. Okay, you're down a goal, right? You bring in maybe a better defender or whatever, but what is that? It's just like for like. And yeah. then Mascara on for Wolf. How did that change anything? And he went to a 4 4 2. So what he did was he pushed he pushed um, Lennon up, right? So he went to a, a true 4 4 2. Why are we playing Mascara? <laughs> you know, it's funny. He's just not good. I mean, yeah, he runs around and creates like some level of distraction. Yes. But he does not have the IQ to play the ball at the right time with the right right cross or pace. He can't get that final piece done. And it, you can tell a player who's never going to get it done, it's Mascara. Like, he's had enough minutes now. It's yeah. clear that he's not able to have that thinking of when's the right yeah. timing to get rid of this ball right he now. runs by his guy every time great yeah and then he makes a terrible decision yeah. every time every time and yeah. he never it doesn't matter how open the pass yeah. is he can't execute so it can't doesn't execute. do us any good people are like oh he was a dynamic addition yes, yes and it looked like that because he was sort of creating chances yeah. he was going by his guy and then blowing it yeah so I don't know how that does us yeah. any good. But earlier it looked very exciting. It's like he brings energy look, off the bench. He's you know, and but the, the commentators say they say like, oh, yeah. he made the you know. It's like, but no, we know now. Right? Everybody yeah. is claiming, oh, you know, yeah, but in the Cruz Azul, he assisted on that goal. He did not. Uh -oh, they gave right. him an assist for MLS, <laughs> but if you go back and watch the goal, he was trying to dribble the guy. We had a player wide open at the top of the box in. Uh, 
in Almada who scored. Mm-hmm. He didn't pass it to him. He got it poked away right to Almada. So it looked like he made this great pass. He wasn't going to pass that ball. No. No, he was not going to pass that yeah. ball. It was the defender who passed it to, yeah. to Almada. So it looked like he, and people were like, oh, he made a great play on that. He got an assist. No, he didn't. Love when it. I don't count that as an assist. MLS, they might. I don't love it. When a defender pokes it, it away. If you pass it, they poke it. No, no, he was going towards the goal and the guy poked it backwards. It wasn't even like it was passed and deflected. He wasn't going to make that pass at all. He wasn't, but maybe that's what they were thinking. So, and then the other sub, he went with Alonzo for Josetsu. And I was thinking, that's a great sub, right? Because it brings in more defense, but why not at halftime? He did that like at the end of the game. And then he brought on Barry for Gigi, (laughs) right? Um... But the I was just saying uncle at that point. Yeah, okay, you get, I agree. <laughs> and that's fine. You get him off because you don't want G- yeah. you know, Gigi getting frustrated, getting a red car, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But why, again, why, Barry? Why not Etienne? Yeah, we're, I mean, yeah. So it wasn't available. Any, so, okay. anybody, what about Wolf? Well, no, Wolf he had come off. off. He started. Okay, he started. But, that's right. Um, I don't like any of those subs. Like, that didn't do anything for us. Yeah, I think I had given up at that point anyway. Yeah. But. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was the only one still watching. <laughs> All right, so then then we we host Cruz Azul at Mercedes, right. Mercedes-Benz. Right. None of us could make that game. What, what's up with that? We're slackers. It was horrible. One thing I want to say about the League's Cup, and uh, forgive me on Twitter if they just rail me for this, but um, our fan base, here's a little knock on our fan base. Because the Premier League comes in for its preseason, right? It was Newcastle and Miguel Miguel Almiron was back. He scores, right? Yeah, he scored on his... But that game was sold out at 75, 80,000, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? For and they charged like double the price for that game. It was a preseason match. They played their starters for like a half, then they brought the, you know, twelve year olds on. But (laughs) but that game sold out, right? Cruz Azul in the League's Cup, they only had the 40,000 and it was half full. So we're knocking ourselves here basically because none of us can make the game either, Dave. Well, but at least well, we wanted to go to the game. We did, yeah, we did, we, wa- we did want we to go to the available. game. But yeah. what, my point is that that game looked to me from our fan base as like they treated it like a U.S. Open Cup game, yeah. like a throwaway mm-hmm. game. And that's League's Cup versus a Liga MX Cruz Azul yeah. team, which is a terrific a team. Top five Liga yeah, MX Yeah, I mean, yeah. who is going to, as an Atlanta United supporter, go to see a preseason Premier League game over their team playing a top Mexican opponent for a real game? Yeah. That to me is a little bit... So I was, I was surprised. I took a, that Twitter poll, and I may have mentioned this in the last podcast, but I think a lot of people are interested in the League's Cup, um, at least as far as the Atlanta fan base, in terms of the, they would watch. That's a limited sample. Yeah, the yeah. Twitter. Carmen's, Carmen's skeptical face. <laughs> She's which is giving you right face. <laughs> I don't know. I just think there's some Atlanta fans that, you know, I think our people really like soccer, yeah. really, but I think they're also those folks who are like just MLS and this whole yeah. League's Cup. I'm not going to buy an extra ticket. I'll see you when we get back in August type yeah, thing. So That's fair. Um, so then we go. So let's talk about the Cruz Azul game. Like I said, right. my general summary of that game was that. So we had to win. We had to so win. Uh, like Any I, win. Or a tie, but there was no yeah. tie because there's penalty kick. So win on a penalty kick win. 
so yeah, just watching the game, I felt like I was at least entertained. Okay, yes. so I felt like I wasn't really frustrated watching the soccer game. We didn't leave Messi wide open, and he didn't torch us because he wasn't in the game. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> he wasn't. Yeah, but, I mean, we, we also seemed to you know be you know playing like soccer that was attractive, knocking the ball around and creating some chances. Um, and I felt like we had the upper hand most of the game. Dave, what, what's your take on that? Do you disagree? I thought we were overall probably a little bit better game, but yeah. I thought the goal we gave up was one of the most dramatic examples in the history of soccer of overcoaching. So yeah. I, I went, remind me of this goal. So what happened, people are critiquing Hernandez because in the end he went to jump for the ball and he didn't get there, and this guy headed it to the guy behind him who was wide oh, open and right. scored. Yeah. Right? That's not actually, again, that's a somebody who's watching just the moment. If you were watching that whole play, and I went back, and I stopped it on my Apple TV, and I marked the time. Yeah. You know how long that player was open for? This is the th- off the throw-in, right? Yeah, I think it was a throw-in off the side. So. And then he, then he flicks it, it, goes way up in the air, and then two our, of our defenders, including Hernandez, go to crash. But it happened but way before that, because I'll tell you, you know how long that guy was standing wide open? You said It sounds like 45 seconds. <laughs> it was 29 seconds he was in the really? box standing alone, right? 29 seconds. I mean, we always say an eternity. An eternity in soccer is like five. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> seven, that is really right? long. 29 seconds. So what happened? He was So Hernandez did his standard thing. He pinched in all mm-hmm. the way, and he was wide open, wide open, wide open. He was like almost waving his arms like, hey, cross it to me, cross it to me. Hernandez looked over and was like, yeah, he, I know wide. I'm supposed to be here, but he's wide open. <laughs> and then he kind of... He shifted closer yeah. because I think he was like, and he still didn't mark him. He was still wide open. And then he stood halfway in between, and then he went for the head ball, and the guy headed it over, yeah. right? Why, so why, to me. And when he went for the head ball, again, this is the same problem with the holding hands thing we've talked about. On that head ball, had Hernandez not been there, I think our player would have gone up and, uh, yeah, we had was, was it Parata? Parata, I think. Parata would have gone up and probably made a stronger challenge on it, but I think he got mixed signals because he was like, okay, yeah. I got another of my player coming right. here. I backed off a little bit, and then neither one of them won the ball, and then it gets flicked to the guy open on the far post. But I just don't believe that a professional, and I, you could see it in his actions, that a professional player would be clueless enough to leave a guy open for 29 seconds. And he wasn't. He looked over there, and he kind of looked over at the bench, and then he was, like, <laughs> shifting over, like, I, Coach, you know, I don't think it's such a good idea. He's wide open. And he went over there. So he clearly knew. He knew he was there. Yeah. like, And yet he was did not feel comfortable in going and just straight marking him. Why? That has to be coached. It has to be. There so is you no way. Say, you keep saying that. Yeah. And I think about this all the time. I don't think it's coached. I think it's not coached for them to correct it. Well, it's certainly not coached for I, correct it. I don't, for sure. I don't think it's coached. If for he them. was screaming at them, that don't ever leave uh, that guy right. and, 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 so and match up out wide, he would never do e- it. Equally, it's just as bad. But my point is, is I think players, like an, and I grew up being coached to pinch in as well. That that was a thing, right? Like as long as I'm in, I'll have enough time to get back out to him if it ball goes over my head, right? Right. Like Dave, you and I were taught that way growing up, right? 
Yes, no. <laughs> Some I, coaches I, tried to teach I that. was all, I all throughout my that. career. <laughs> yeah, to bring you closer to the action and you have time. Back yeah, when the balls were plastic right. and you couldn't play them over. But, but my point is, is you know, even it seems like this is ingrained in a lot of players is, is more of my, maybe, maybe my point here. And you're saying that our coach is not correcting that, which I think is more of the issue than him saying pinch in. He's not correcting the observation that you're making, which is over and over again, these, these fullbacks are pinching in unnecessarily. It could be, but are they all that bad? Gutman does it. Lennon does it. Hernandez does it. Like, first of all, it's definitely at least that they're not, correcting it at least but i just can't and especially when you see gutman a couple of times and hernandez too lennon sometimes is just clueless right you know but if you saw gutman and you look at uh hernandez when they're pinched in they're always looking over there and they're they're like Mm. fighting themselves it's got to be coached i mean i don't know i'm not in the i'm not in the practice but either way it's awful but so (laughs) So how did twenty nine seconds? How did he was standing re- alone? Remind me of the sequence of goals. Did we get our goal first? And no, then Cruz we equalized. Goal? We equalized. So how did we get our equalization? Is that a word? <laughs> I like it. If Equalizer. Not, um, that was the poke. The yes, the it was the Basquiat got. Oh, the ball that was Almada poke. Right to okay, Almada. That's right. That's right. All right, I remember that one well. Okay, so equalize it, and then it goes in. Well, first off, there's. Like sixty seconds left in the game, and no, clearly, it was, like, it was more like three or four minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. But yes. I love the way we know exactly know what, what you're about, about to say. say. You do. There's three minutes left. Yeah. And Pineda makes a strategic move on a corner kick, and you could maybe say, a substitution. Is that a substitution to bring in Miguel Berry, who has the worst uh, stats of any MLS player to score goals, Ex- and has no confidence. Either whether he's stop, the best. Stop player. taking words out of my mouth. <laughs> stop it! I was like, this guy has zero confidence because he probably listens to my podcast, this stupid ass podcast, and I'm like, Miguel Barry is not a good enough player to be an MLS player. <laughs> he's is he's in his own head, uh, right? But Pineda decides he's going to obviously put him in, not to defend a corner kick, Dave, but to <laughs> be a part of the be a part of the PK rotation because mm-hmm. he's going to give him confidence back. This has to be Pineda's thinking. <laughs> Maybe. He's going to get his confidence back, okay? So he does that. Boom, we go into PKs. Um, did he make his PK? Let's build up the drama. Yeah, he did not make his PK. Oh. He, was, what, he was third in the rotation. Yeah, I think he was third. Third in the rotation. Third or fourth, yeah. Third and fourth. We, were, we were already up one. And then yep. so gave his, it back. his miss evened things up. Mm-hmm. Gave back the lead. And, um, yeah, you knew Parata was going to miss in the fourth or fifth spot. Where I think he was in the fifth spot. He may have been sixth. I think we went, got through five. Okay. And, yeah. But just. Parata was six, yeah. Really, really poor lineup on the whole PK thing, too, right? I did. Hold on. I did like Brad Guzan at the very beginning after okay. Okay. the ball was in the net. And. The guy was like, the ref was like, yeah, grab the ball. I love that. And Brad Guzan was Hell like, no. suck it. <laughs> suck it. He was like, no. He's like, right. he's like, he can grab the ball. Exactly. And he's like, I'm going to stand here like a big tree and talk some smack. And that worked. And then he hit the post on. Uh, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know they missed that. Yeah, it was, the, it was their designated player. How do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about the sub? 
So before he put on Barry, um, right after he scored the equalizer, he brought on Alonzo and right. he brought off Wiley. He brought off Wiley for Parata. Yeah, and he shifted Miles over left to take care mm-hmm. of the speedy. So he brought speedy on an guy extra on defender. Right. How do you feel about that? Um, I I didn't hate the fact that you're you're matching up Miles on the best player. I I don't know. I had mixed feelings on it. I, I didn't hate it. I'm surprised, Mikey Dobbs. Ooh. It's okay. not like you. I'm like, dude, we just scored the equalizer. We got the whole momentum. Go for the kill. Right? Why are you bringing on a defensive sub to close out the game when we just equalized? Now, if you just well, gave up the who, who equalizer. Are we bring, who are we bringing on? Go ahead. I That's, wouldn't have brought on anybody. Just we got momentum. Oh. But he brought off a forward and put on a defender. He brought off Wiley. Yeah. Well. Or an attacker, whatever you want to call it, but one of our attacking players. Was he so tired that he had to come off, you think? He's, he's 18 years 18 old. 18 years old. No. Listen to yourself, Mikey Dobbs. Wrong young man, run. Would you ever say that? No, you'd be like, <laughs> that guy can run all day. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible sub then. Yeah, it's an awful sub. Yeah. And, I, and I think what I would say is that, you know, the real Mikey Dobbs, not this one, <laughs> this, would, have this said, shell. would have said, what? why are we defending when we just equalized? Yeah. Go get it. Go, go win go the game. Behave. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, All right. Oh, go ahead. Well, in this edition of Texts with Mikey Dobbs, <laughs> this is from. Oh, I don't, don't even, is that drinking red wine? No, you're no, actually pretty this. nice. You're actually pretty nice. Okay. I feel like this. Okay. One. We okay, need so, we need a jingle for this. I know. So Mikey the, Dobbs. He text. was actually very nice. So um, Miguel Berry <laughs> oh, misses oh, oh, oh. his PK. Oh, Mikey, yeah, very like good. I like it. All right. Oh, so, Mikey's text. I like it. After Miguel Berry misses his PK, which we all kind of knew it was going to happen, oh. from Mikey Dobbs. Hey. Miguel Berry had another shot on goal. <laughs> uh, now it's coming back. <laughs> that got a lot of likes on, tw- on Twitter, too, and it was hilarious. It was. I was literally rolling it on the was. I was like, yeah, on the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel Berry's had his fourth shot on target all season. Yes. I mean, granted, it was a PK. Yes. And he then didn't he w- make it, but it was on, it was it, on frame. It was on frame. It yeah. was on frame. And then he goes into true Mikey Dobbs. I mean, he strategically put in a guy who can't score just before we go to penalty shoot, shootouts and what happened? And Katz chimes in, but a shot on goal. So there is that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm skipping. You were positive about something, but then you went back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, wait. No, this is Katz, actually. Uh-oh. It's Katz being the negative, negative here. Uh, never. Pineda no. subbing on Barry to take a penalty is the ultimate in bad coaching. It's really bad to think he is actually an MLS caliber player, but to sub <laughs> on a guy for penalties who clearly has no confidence in scoring no. is the ultimate in terrible decision making. When will it end? Correct. When will he take responsibility for us not achieving what we should? And then Mikey Dobbs, never. <laughs> I laughed so hard when Miguel Barry came on, and I hate the fact I was rooting for him to miss, uh, but in yeah. my gut, I really, really was. I know. I really was. I felt really bad about it. I was like, oh my gosh, Miguel Berry stepping up to this. I really want to win this game, but it's just such a bad decision by Pineda to give him this chance that I really wanted him to miss. I felt bad about that. I kind of had it too. I did too. Like, well, like Maybe that would be the nail in the coffin yeah. to get him transfer yeah. list. Maybe. But probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Well, we did get another striker in the transfer window. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. There's a couple other things that I wanted to bring up. So, in the first half, Cruz Azul player running towards his own uh, goal in his own penalty box. 
tries to clear it and kicks it directly off his outstretched arm. That was a handball, penalty? right? Yes. Yeah, hit his arm. Penalty or no penalty? Well, I was listening to that part of the game in the car on the uh, radio. I'll reenact it for you. And Mike Conti and Jason Longshore <laughs> were like, uh, how is that not a penalty kick? Like, Conti's like, I am no soccer genius, but I've seen enough games to know that when you kick the ball inside the 18 into your own hand that's extended up high. You know, he's basically explaining, he's like, how is that not a penalty kick? I, I so I had to believe that. I think according to the rules, and I was really shocked by this, that you can't create your own, you can't kick it into your own hand for a handball. Oh, look at this twist in the story. Really? Ever? <laughs> but I thought when I, they were playing, I was like, that's a clear handball. It's not in a natural position. He gained an advantage because it would have been research clear. Yeah, I mean, you like got to use chat GPT or something. <laughs> I need to learn it's, how to it's, use that stuff. It's right 98% of the time. So like, yeah, it's good oh. enough for me. Is just that, Google did you make search. that up right there, totally on your own right there? Google it. Yeah. I mean, it has Go- to be something. Can, can you kick the ball? Can you get a handball for kicking it into your own yes, hand? Yes, of course you can, right? I would have thought you could, but yeah, I think I mean, FIFA says the no. All right. Well, we're going to get so, to the okay, bottom. So that's one thing. Okay. Um, I don't believe you. <laughs> And the other thing will get us into the tactical board, or well, we'll go through the the. Because um... then you could just kick it in and just swat it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love how Mikey Dobbs tries to like right? figure like, out how to beat the system. You right? <laughs> just punch it out of the box if that was true. That doesn't make any sense. You should Google. Okay, can you kick the ball into your own hand That's for right. a handball? Okay, you did. Can I you? Did. Okay, keep going. All right. Um, so the midfield. You've lost your mind. That can't be true. Okay. I didn't think it could be true. So there has to be a reason for it. No, I, well, to be honest, to be honest, I don't know if it's actually absolutely true. I think that I saw it referenced as a FIFA rule on Twitter, which is never right. Yeah. So it may not be right. I don't know that officially that's right, but that's like the only explanation for my mind because otherwise it has to be a handball. Yeah. Because it clearly hit his hand. It was a handball. Should have been a penalty kick. Yeah, then. When, right. you, when you kick the ball, into your it's own. either a penalty kick or you're not allowed to yeah. kick the ball. You're not. You can't get a handball okay. by kicking it into your own hand. There has to, that has right. to be the only explanation because otherwise, no. It's. I like where your head's at to create some drama here. But no, but where's <laughs> the third? What's the third explanation? Really bad MLS referee, <laughs> which is Occam's razor, Dave. Well, okay. The simplest explanation right. is usually the correct right. one, right. which is they were like, oh well. He kicked it into his own hand. Like, I'm an MLS referee. I'm not going to take accountability for that handball. That was so obvious. No, thanks. Maybe I won't go look at the VAR. No, I'm not even going to do that. Even though the guy who should be calling it down, who knows these rules, Dave, didn't even do that. Um, okay. So. So what I wanted to say is, <clears throat> what I want to talk about is the midfield pairing, right? So my bottle of wine, which I lost, but I kind of won, was that. He would never play. I felt that he would never play Muyamba with Sosa. We haven't seen that, have we? No, because what he did was he finally started Muyamba, but then he brought him on for Sosa, and he played him with Sadich. So, first of all, how do you feel about the fact that Muyamba didn't play with Sosa? And then second of all, um, the <clears throat> how did you feel about Muyamba? Well, it was predictable, and I totally agreed with your 
philosophy there that Pineda wouldn't play Sosa Miamba. You kind of knew that just from the... Yeah, you took the bet anyway just because you were trying to well, be country no, and like, screw me yeah, over. Yeah, but for, and you won. For, for the same <laughs> yeah. reason that he wouldn't play Ibarra and Sosa at the same time, it's right. the same a logic why he wouldn't play right. Miyamba, who's obviously just seeing one game of him, right? He's an attacking-minded center midfielder, kind of playing an eight in, in that position. Um, and... You know, I thought he played very well for his first appearance for Atlanta United. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give him a B plus and A for his first appearance for Atlanta United yep. against a game of significance against Cruz Azul. Uh, he he was somebody who was involved, positive, and didn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, so mm -hmm. I know you think that he's going to be predictable and people are going to catch on to his game from... I don't know about it. I would think he's predictable, but there's a lot of people out there who are like, oh, he was amazing. And, and he was. He was all action. He was all over the place. He did pretty well on the ball when he got there. Um, my question is, tactically, what is the role, right? Because, you know, he came in as dubbed, you know, sort of build as a defensive midfielder. Mm -hmm. Pineda said that he saw him more as a double pivot, and I think that's what he sees in the When you play him with Sadich, that's saying sort of, yeah, we're going to play a double pivot, right? Which double pivot, for those of you out there, is just a fancy soccer term for playing two defensive midfielders, and they're supposed to take turns going forward, yeah. right? It's really all that is. But the thing that I have in my mind is that he never stayed at home at all. Right, he was all over the place. He was all action. Yeah. Right, which is a good thing and can be useful. But this is what we talked about a lot with Manchester United and Fred. That's the kind of players all action, right? And Fred, for years, they tried to pigeonhole him into a defensive midfielder. People were like all action. He should. He can make a tackle. He should. He plays good balls. Right. He should be a defensive midfielder. But he hadn't had the discipline to stay at home or the tactical reading of the game. He's just all over the place. He's just energy, energy, energy. And so I said, and finally Ten Hag did that with Manchester United, is he needs a true defensive midfielder behind him and then all action in front, and then that really works. Because then he's sort of a one-man press, right? Um, there, in my mind, there ain't no way that that guy is a defensive midfielder or a oh, double man. pivot, no. either. He's, he's very much an eight attacking-minded center midfielder. Yeah, and my worry about that is if he's a, sort of an eight or an attacking center midfielder, right, isn't he just running into Almada space? Yeah. Yep. I mean, do we want... Muyamba's really good, and it, he looked like he was going to get on the ball all the time, but if he gets on the ball all the time all over the place, isn't that less of Almada getting on the ball? 100%. And who do we want on the ball? Almada. <laughs> I mean, Almada's yeah, brilliant. I, my feeling is if he's undisciplined and he's going to run into all those spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and what I did like about Moyamba is he clearly has, it, it, again, this is one game. It feels like his technical ability on the ball is maybe an upgrade from Ibarra. I think they're very yes. similar. On the ball, he's a better player than Ibarra. On the ball, he's a better player. Yeah. And, and you know, being in a technical league like Liga or League Un, which I think he's, he's in the second division, I still think like European players have that softer touch in the ball. Mm -hmm. Like overall, like I think he demonstrated that in, in a one he's game. definitely got good skills. Yeah. Ball skills. Um, so, you know, okay. But Let's, this is what we said about Ibarra. We always, I felt the same way, that Ibarra is a bit of an all-action guy rather than truly reading the game. Yeah. And he would be rarely effective in front of Sosa. And... 
Pineda would never do it. It was either Sosa or Ibarra and never both. Yep. I think one game he was forced to do it because there was injuries or whatever, but he clearly does not like that at all. Nope. So, so the double pivot in this case is not playing two really defensive midfielders, right? Okay. Like Sosa and Ibarra or Sosa and Muyamba. It's a uh, Muyamba and Sadich. So let's transition to this whole window of, yeah. of movement, right? Yeah. So the first thing that happened was we got rid of Araujo because he wanted to go back to Brazil. It wasn't working here. <laughs> Miss Brazil he, finally he got was, back to Brazil. He was obviously frustrated. Pineda was obviously frustrated. And mainly Araujo is like, I'm out of here since Lennon is crowding my space. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Araujo who leaves. We have Abara or no, Gutman who is traded unexpectedly, like out of the blue. That was a surprise. So we get rid of not traded though, loaned. No, uh, Gutman was was traded. I'm no, was he? I thought he was uh, traded. No, really? Abara was, was loaned. Oh, Abara was loaned. Okay. You're right. Gutman was traded. Gutman right. was was traded. You're right. Okay. Abara was loaned. You're so right. Gutman was sorry, a surprise. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He was traded, and then Abara is loaned through the end of the year to uh, some some team in Canada. Um, <laughs> so right. th- those are the the outs, right? So we have now given up. Our fullback, um, which leaves us with Wiley, Hernandez, and McFadden as the other options for fullback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lennon. So Lennon this is why we kept saying, like, we just don't have enough depth in fullback to play a 4-3-3 anymore. That's part of it. When you ship Gutman out, right, isn't that a, and don't replace it with another fullback, it certainly seems to abandon some of the depth in my opinion for four four in the back what is your what are your thoughts on that i don't know if it's such a depth problem but it's a it's a defending problem right so you know you what i think guess what you guess what you're saying is if if wiley were to go down you know who replaces wiley or lennon right um because if because if if uh lennon goes down you gotta have player hernandez on the right right mm -hmm. and so some people will say mcfadden's just fine but he's green he's not a he's not a Hernandez is a real replacement for Lennon. You know, that's for sure. Yeah. I actually think the guy who could potentially, I mean, it depends on what role you're playing is in a back four or back five, but um, as, as the role that it's really should be, it could be Etienne for Wiley um, as a true winger. Um, well, no, fullback. Back. I'm talking about. Full but you're talking about a. Four I'm talking a about back. a four in the back. Fullback. Oh, yeah. No, we have no. We have no. Which, exactly. Is my point. We have plenty of wingers, dude. Yeah. There's no lack of yeah, wingers. That's what I'm saying. I okay. mean, you can right. play Chol. You can play Wolf. I, agree I mean, with some you of that. those players can play a winger. I agree with 100. percent So now we're left with very thin. I, this is a depth problem. At at fullback well, going into the first of all, it's a defending problem, and then it's a depth problem. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but it's a defending well, problem even before that. It's, it's a defending problem first and foremost because I like Wiley and and Lennon fine as starters as fullback. Like they're they're good enough to do it, but they're attacking minded fullbacks, both of them. Yeah, and we're going to get to this in a second on the tactical board yeah. about exactly why it's not going to work. But go ahead, keep going. And so in in the Transfer window, what do we do? We get Muyamba, right, mm-hmm. who's a clear attacking center mm-hmm. midfielder, which, again, does not help the defense of the center midfield. It helps the attack of a center midfielder, which, to your point, well, well hold on. It, yeah, it, no, it does not. It, it, it crowds Almada's space, potentially. He looks, like, very attack-minded. Yeah. And you know, we haven't seen him yet. Maybe, maybe we see a more defensive-minded 
Moyamba and Well, what I was going to say is, as defensive-minded, no. But if you pair him with Sosa and you have a defensive-minded midfielder and a more box-to-box midfielder who can get in a tackle, now we could be better defensively. Right. Which is we what, could be. Which is what we talked about. But instead of getting that box-to-box midfielder, what did we do, Dave? We signed two, <laughs> two forwards with two more wingers. Silva and Saba. <laughs> yeah. And we did not fill that box-to-box center yeah. midfielder. We ignored the nope. biggest weakness in this team. Yep. So what do you grade Boca Negra's decision on that, right? Because that's not on Pineda, right? That's not on Pineda, that's for sure. It's a question of whether it's Boca Negra or uh, Lagerway or both. Um, but, but everybody, I mean, everybody sees that we need a very strong box box. Ever since Nagby left, everybody says that. Like, it's never been replaced. So I don't think everybody sees that. No, I think most most people are intelligent. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> raving about these, right? No, because I think, I think everyone would agree we've never replaced Nogby, which has been a huge gap. Like I think you talk to most soccer people in the state and they would agree. But I don't think that I think they were looking for more I think what people feel like is that Araujo this is my projection of the people. Um Araujo and Etienne are not good enough. It's not the tactics that's holding them back. They're just not good enough players. And so you keep the same attack, but you just replace them, right? You got better wingers. So I think a lot of people felt like they feel like all over the park, they think that Sosa's not good enough, Araujo is not good enough, um, Etienne's not good enough. Particularly those players have gotten a lot of critiques. Yeah. Maybe some people will go with Josetto and Sadich too, but they – they loved Abara. They thought he was good enough, and I think he wasn't necessarily good enough. But um, the critique, I think, is that it wasn't Pineda. It wasn't the tactics. It's just that those players are not good enough. So all you have to do is upgrade Araujo, upgrade Etienne, and you're fine. Yeah. I disagree with that. Mm. Yeah, it's a definition of insanity. Anybody, you know, Saba, this guy... Uh, my son loves to say, did we get Saba? No, <laughs> no, we got Saba. Saba. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, the thing about it is that uh, anybody, in my opinion, who thinks that Saba is going to come and play exactly on the right side like Araujo did and is going to have ton more success is kidding themselves. Because Araujo is a talented player. He wasn't that great for Atlanta United, but I feel it's very much about who the player he was. And even if it was some criticism of him playing in tight spaces or doing whatever, him needing more room or whatever, there's no way that Saba is suddenly going to be better in that tactical space. It's never going to work. Right? There's no way that that guy is going to be good enough to, to, to succeed in the same role that yeah. Araujo. He's just not that much of an upgrade over Araujo. So 100% agree with that side of the field. Assuming that Saba is a supposed upgrade over Araujo. Right. I think at best it's at best it's a match for match, right? Like, right. And I, now, he could turn out to be a little better in tight spaces, so he yeah. might, the crowding might not affect him as much. Araujo could be a better player running in space, and Saba could be a little better. So it could be a little bit, but to anybody who thinks that it just needs a better player and suddenly you're going to thrive out there is nuts. So now the only, only place I feel like maybe there's an upgrade yeah. would be Silva yeah. on the left forward side because I don't think Etienne's that great. I think... 
Chole is good, but he's not as good as right. probably not as good as this Silva guy. Right. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, whoever the other options are. He should be an upgrade on that left side, right? Yes, but to be fair, you know, in, in our best attacking lineup, it was Gigi in the middle, it was Araujo, and it was Almada. So it's not an upgrade over Almada. You're now adding another player to right. play there. Right, but we're going 4-3-3, right? Right. In a 4-3-3, which we had before, it was Almada left, it was Gigi middle, and it was Araujo, right? Yeah. So now, so it really is, if this guy's going to be the left wing, now what you're, what you're doing is you're saying we get a better left wing for Etienne, and we still have Almada sitting in yeah. behind him, right? Which what, is good. Well, wait, if, if, what do you think? <laughs> if, we, if we go 4-3-3, yeah. and Pineda's smart enough to play Sosa and Moyamba behind Almada in the center mid, what do you think of that? I think it could be okay. We might survive. But first of all, Almada is the third center midfielder in that, and he doesn't defend at all. So you're really playing two, and a lot of teams are going to play three. So it's 2v3 to begin with. I still think that that's a worry. But if you coach this Moyamba guy to say, hey, we know you can attack, but your job is to stay a little more central and in the midfield, read the game with Sosa. Yep. And use your physicality, use your skill set. Like if I'm coaching, is is am I off on that being made? Because Moyama seems to have the skill set to do it if he's coached coached into it. If Pineda, who by all accounts seems to be going with a four three three again, that's what you have to do. Okay, right? can I jump on the tactical board? Because oh. I'm going to show. Yeah. You. Sure. Right. Hold on if you can do it gracefully or no. clumsily, I mean, you can't just throw that possible. at me. Yeah, like. yeah, just come on. So, Justin, so I, you fill the space. So, so I did some research on the handball. Okay, yes, and uh, apparently the refs that were involved in that game were actually Gaelic football refs. <laughs> Gaelic football, huh? All right. Well. We we watched uh, Ex- Dublin. Explained. Uh, you just play. got back from Ireland. Yeah, we watched that. That was the first time I ever seen anything like that, and I was like, "Wow, this is like basketball, volleyball, soccer, baseball. It's everything in one sport." Well, it seems like everybody's going to Ireland these days. What, what, what's your grade of Ireland, Dustin? As a vacation spot, A A through or A through F being the 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 <clears throat> typical scale. I think there was like basically three different views you could look at it. Like if you're a pub dude and all you care about is bars, yeah, Dublin's your scene. Um, yes, there's um, like yes, more please. bars per square it, inch. I mean, the, the, every everywhere it's a pub, but it once I got sick of that real quick. I just <laughs> wanted to go out into the wild. Yeah, and uh, we did that, and it. It was truly magical. It was it was crazy just to see like like everything you're walking on. It's like fourteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds. Yeah, like it, it, everything is just old. My brother who was there overlapping with you said basically it's everything you expect Ireland to be except there's no leprechauns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every every single rock that you see has been touched by a hand. Yeah, 1400s like so there's a job you know we went to the Aran Islands which is off the coast of Ireland yeah, we went there. and there's a job where they lower people down and they collect the bird eggs I don't know they sell them for something right and 
So it's basically like a window washer. You know, they lower them down a platform and it takes one guy to lower them. And the two guys were telling us in the pub that, you know, the one guy, they're best buddies since like birth. And one guy's job is to lower him down. And apparently a few weeks before, prior to that, he had lowered him down. And then he was, you know, hanging out with this chick and he totally forgot. <laughs> so he went to the pub and he left the guy and he couldn't get himself back up. So he was sitting there, right? So he goes home with the girl or whatever. He gets up in the morning and then he's like, oh, fuck. Right? So he goes there and he's like, looks down like, is he gone? He's still there. <laughs> he's like, fuck oh, you. <laughs> he's a good fellow. <laughs> raised him up. That, the, the main things that we got, the the best kick out of was the signage. Everywhere you go in Ireland, the signage is the same. And it's just a ridiculous... I, I, I don't know. Whoever's in the sign business there and whoever's yeah. involved in making these signs dates back way. Like, there's these signs that shows this guy walking and it's straight out of Boogie Nights. Like, the dude's in a zoot suit, platform shoes, and it's a silhouette of the guy. He's on signs. You're like, what does this mean? Does that mean we can dance here? <laughs> and then you see another sign with a cross that no dancing. You cannot dance here. Okay. So this is the best transition to tactic board ever. It is. Little Ireland talk. So I that, like it. That felt good. All right, so now it we've did. got a 4-3-3 three, three setup with yep. the new signings on the YouTube tactical board here. Dave, walk us through what you think... Uh, Pineda's thinking. This is what everybody is thinking <clears throat> that we're going to play. The two new signings, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Saba and Silva will be part of a front three, right? And um, whether you call it a 4-2, uh, some people are calling it a 4-2-3-1 that Almada is playing here and Gigi is playing in front or whatever, it doesn't matter. But the bottom line is that there's, there's three across the front and there's only two in the middle. Now, here's the problem. Here's the first problem, right? So if you look at this, this is what a lot of people have. Almada, Muyamba, Sadich as our center midfield. and So Almada doesn't really defend. Sadich is not great defensively. And Muyamba doesn't look like he's going to sit at home. And even if he is, he's, even if he's the best defensive midfielder in the world, even if it's Casemiro, which I think he's not, right? He's on an island, right? Yeah. So how in the world is this defensively in the midfield not a problem? Well, it's a huge problem. A, because we'll get run over in the midfield, right? Right. But then as that happens, you're going to have either Wiley or Lennon, one of them pushed up, which means one of the flanks on the outside is going to be wide open for one of their, you know, their... This is what it's often One of their forward, like. yeah, exactly. So... There's going to be balls out wide over that over the top all day long for other teams to run into. You're going to see Miamba and Sadich sprinting back into the corners to try to cover uh, cover what Lennon and Wiley can't catch up to. Right. And it's the definition of insanity of what we saw at the very beginning yes. of the season with Araujo and whoever was in and Silva's it, Granted, spot. people are like, look, this gets, you know, really good attacking team on the field, right? And that may be true. And they're like, oh, we'll score a lot of goals. We're already scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. That's not our problem, right? We're amongst the top in the league in scoring goals, yeah. but we're dead last in conceding goals. So my only logic on this whole thing is, is that we have are going to say, hey, we're going to give up goals. 
soft golds are fine, Dave. This must be the only logic Pineda has. And we're just going to score more than any other MLS team. We're going to be that good. Yeah, but... Which the, is not feasible. Well, the other thing about it... So here's two more problems, right? Offensively, right? So first of all, the way you create a lot of goals in all of soccer is turning the ball over in the midfield and getting it to... So if you got Almada with the ball here against a non-set defense and he has those three options, then sure. That's right. right? Right. That's awesome. But how, how many times is that going to happen? How many times is Moyamba or Sadich, the way they're going to play, be going to be able to buy themselves against three other you know players from the other team are going to be able to turn the ball over and get it to them that quickly? It's not right. going to happen. We does, it just doesn't happen. So you can say all you want about how great that is attacking-wise, but if Almada's not on the ball in space running with those guys, it doesn't matter. And, and also with Saba and the Arujo Lennon situation that's going to repeat itself, when you look at the highlights, and I've only seen like two minutes of it on YouTube of Saba, yeah. Yeah. that's, again, Arujo's space, same, same way he'd run right. you know, from midfield all the way down, down the right flank here. That's what it's going to be, what you just shifted it to, which is Lennon is going to be pushing way up into the space there, and Saba's going to feel like he's got to be a good teammate and play it to Lennon over and over again, or at least, uh, you know, give more credit to that option. God help him if he turns the ball over there. Yeah, because yeah. then, then what happens is then it gets yep. played over the top, and you got Sadich or Moyamba put it back in our you know the top of the eighteen of, of our defense, right? Then you've got Sadich running back to try to cover Lennon's. Lennon is, uh, you know, five seconds too late to the the build up before the goal, and uh, easy cross, easy penetration into the eighteen. Yeah. Soft goals all day. Yeah, it's the same goal that we gave up against uh, Inter Miami when they were out wide. He played it back into um, Messi was right here and tapped it in the post. Okay, so that's that's problem number one, right? So we are um, the problem that we've had is defensively, right? How does that help us defensively? And now here's the other problem, right? Because so we have had all kinds of problems in the back. Right. Um, we have had, um, you know, Wiley and Lennon going forward. The people that played in behind them. Right. They in a four, especially in a four where they're going forward all the time. They're just not good enough. And there is no way that Parata and Miles is the two guys back. Because what it's going to end up a lot is it's going to be more like this. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so these guys are going to be on an island. Right, defending as a two, good luck. Yeah. Right. How is that? A hundred percent. That's how I see it. Yeah. So, and, and at best, if if Pineda has coached Wiley or Lennon, so that you only have one airplane up, which we've said that maybe he's gotten that a little bit. No. So, even that is still weak with what you have with those other attacking minded players pushed up so far. It's just that's still not enough right there. Yeah, because this is okay defensively, but we don't do it well. If this were the three in the back, they would all have to shift over, yeah. right? But the other part about it is it doesn't matter how much those guys are perfectly situated if this happens, right? This is what Messi had. He had all day running yeah. at our defense, right? right? It doesn't matter. You cannot allow a guy to run at your defense like that. And the problem you have is even if you only have three in the back, right, these guys, Sedic and Muyamba, are not good enough defensively to cover in front of them. They're not good enough to protect that 
player. So Saba's a DP level player, at least mm. this year. It sounds like we could buy him down mm. be a, to be a TAM player next year. Yeah. Silva is probably a TAM player this year. He came from Porto. Do you yeah. know much about his skill set and what he's all about? A lot of people are raving about it, but the numbers don't bear it out. The numbers bear him out as a good player, yeah. but not a special player. He doesn't score right. that so much or assist a, that much. But he's got to be better than Etienne, Saba has, right? Saba has, for a guy who's not a forward, you know, who's sort of a winger or a midfielder, he has really good numbers, right? So okay. he has sort of like um, at least a goal and assist every third game. Right, um, but his big year was like two years ago, and he had like nineteen goals and yeah. But really even if you go back consistently, he looks like he's not. If anybody thinks he's going to score fifteen goals, he's not. Yeah. If anybody thinks he's going to have you know twenty assists, he's not. Right. Well, um, that's because we also have Gigi and Almada. Yeah, and you don't need him to. You don't need yeah. him to. Right. Yeah. If he has you know five six goals and you know seven eight assists that's a pretty good return and it's probably a little bit better than Araujo had but it's not a huge upgrade yeah Araujo scored a few goals had a few assists doesn't Lennon have like six goals this season he has a bunch of assists it's a bunch of it's six seven assists yeah, yeah. um a couple goals. so my problem my first problem with this is that the, the center midfielder is not good. Now, I think the people who are, are a little smarter, maybe than Pineda, like on Twitter, they would say, okay, that can't be, um, that can't be Sadich. And so it's Sosa. Now, if it's Sosa, it's a little better. Yep. Right? So the question is, in a four, right, can Sosa with Muyamba... Can it be enough? Yeah. Well, do you think, I mean, again, this is not what you want, though, because Amada has to drop further back in this system for this to work. He's got to drop deeper, right? Well, you know, first of all, you worry about Moyamba getting in his way at some level. But even if he doesn't get in his way, the question is, is he going to be enough to help Sosa in here? And even even if, let's say, they're smart about it and they sit like this a lot, right, then the question is, all right, you know, when the other team has three players playing, you know, they have one guy here, you know, it might be enough, right? Yeah, I feel like if if Moyamba can sit back with Sosa, it is enough. Yeah, but so I, I think that it is possible in the midfield that those two, which is basically just two because Amato doesn't defend, could be enough. Yeah. But here's the problem, right? Pineda will never play Sosa with Muyamba. So it's right. never going to happen, right? So that could be enough. What can't be enough is this. Right, it can't be enough if this is not Sosa, and instead this is Sadich. Yeah. It's just not enough. No way. No. no right, and that's what he's going to go with. No physicality, no reading the game. Like Sadich, as I said, I'm the biggest critic of Sadich on the planet, but in a certain certain role when he's just moving the ball from A to B to C and not making mistakes, he's yeah. he's been serviceable. Yeah, he's. 
Yeah, it's good. On, it's going to ball. But what, what? So I think is going to happen is he's going to start with this. We're going to get run over in midfield. Then he's going to be like, "Oh, Sadich is not good enough." And then he's going to say, "Oh, my answer is Jose too, mm. right?" And he's going to do that, and it's going to get worse. And then he's going to be like, "Okay, well, Muyamba. Everybody's going to get pissed off at Muyamba. He's not good enough." So okay, Muyamba's not good enough. And then he's going to do this. Right. And any of these combinations, none of them is what he should do. The only serviceable in a two is that. Yeah. That's the only way you can survive that. Now, I think that even if you have this, which is the right combination and the people on Twitter who are arguing for this are arguing for it to the smart ones are arguing for it to be Sosa Miyamba. So good for that. Smart ones. Yeah. <laughs> but even there, the problem I have is still this. Our airplanes. Right? And I don't... So first of all, these airplanes are going to go here, which means that Saba and Silva are going to be just as frustrated as Araujo and Etienne, right? Where well, and, Etienne doesn't deserve to be frustrated. Okay, fair. <laughs> but they're just... And I, I don't think Silva's going to be that great either. He's going to be... Oh, really? Saba's going to be... I, 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 I Look, I'm... I'm Driving blind here, but this guy played for Porto in yeah. in Portugal, right? And they sold him to a French second division team. I know, but he's just. <laughs> I'm just saying, like he's he come survive he's at Porto. Yeah, but he's he was there and yeah, he's coming okay. to MLS, yeah, yeah. and he probably actually has good skill. He played actually for West Ham in the yeah. in the championship, okay. so he has he has some credentials. Yeah. Uh, I so he could I be, think he I, should be better than Etienne. Exactly, but. <laughs> Exactly. So it's, we're talking about an upgrade, which again, mm-hmm. Saba and Araujo, I think that's a wash at best. I would, I, if I'm picking pick uh, kickball, I'm taking Araujo, even mm-hmm. though I haven't seen Saba, so maybe that's unfair. Yeah, could be, but you know, but yeah. Um, but as I said, anybody who expects Saba to be a major upgrade because they thought that Araujo was terrible, I think the problem is Araujo wasn't terrible. He was just squeezed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so anyway, so we have that problem, and then my my bigger problem is, you know, the back four. So we've given up the most goals in the league, right? He had this, you know, sort of, it wasn't Wiley, it was Goodman, but he had this four in a formation the whole beginning of the year. We gave up tons of goals, right? And then he said, all right, well, (laughs) it's not working. So the solution he did was he went with three, right? It was either Hernandez or it was Abram. And then, then we were better, Right. Yeah, with three in the backs or, or five in the back, call it. Right. But the problem is we still weren't doing well because now the midfield was only Sosa. Right. Yeah. That was it. Right. And so you're like, okay, you. So, and this is what people are talking about this back and forth. You know, the five didn't work. So we went back to a four and the four didn't work. The answer in this system is that Wiley and Lennon definitely look better in a five because now they're supporting a, a three in the back, right? And and they're really good at getting forward. If Once you do that, there's a couple of things. That, to me, has to happen. Defensively, that's the only way we survive. Once you do that, then first of all, I still don't think you want to play just one center midfielder like this. I still don't think you want to just play two center midfielders, right? I think you want to play one, two, and three. Silva's got right? to go? Or what's- so then you're like, okay, well, if that's the case, somebody's got to go. So Silva is obviously the one to go, right? So if you do this, 
right? Then you have a choice. So you can say these guys play just off and this plays a mid, you know, a diamond with one behind them. That'll work. And if these guys are playing in a lot, now you have the wings. Or I said, look, you know, maybe Almada plays just off GG. Just off of GG. Oyama plays as the eight kind of over there. And then it becomes uh, a three. It becomes a real diamond. So Sosa plays at the diamond. Saiba plays the right of the diamond. Muyamba plays the left. And Almada plays the center of the diamond. And that's, to me, that's the formation. Yeah. Because now you have three guys here in defensive midfield. I don't know whether Saba can defend, but maybe he can defend some. Right, you have, but anyway, at least you have numbers. You have four guys total. Even if these two guys are not good defensively, you have four guys, right? And then the goal of these guys is just to recycle it and get it to Ahmad as fast as possible. And now suddenly, this is okay, right? They have space to work into, and you still have got three guys with a defensive midfielder protection. And off the bench, we have so many more options to fill in for other players for rotation. Etc. during certain games yeah. in this formation. Are the coaches watching this right now? They should be. They should be. <laughs> but why, are, why are they not watching this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, here's here's the snarkiness I get from even like the biggest journalist at, at, at the AJC, which Doug Robertson, I like him. Uh, I posted this formation That's and said, hey, this is what we think at ATL on Fire to be the best use of the talent on the roster right now, even with the signings that Carlos brought in, even if Carlos thinks for, and I think Carlos must also be thinking four, three, three, two though. So mm -hmm. the whole philosophy of Atlanta United still disagrees with yeah. our formation, even though they accidentally have created what it should be here. Pretty and and that was my point. And, and Doug Robertson was like, maybe you should come down and actually watch the practice if you think that's going to be the formation. And it wasn't that I thought that was going to be the formation. No. It was just that <laughs> this is what we think is the best formation. Right. right. Which I, I, I don't know that Doug understood is that we're, we're being a little uh, over our skis in terms of thinking we know better than the coach. Now, I don't know, Pretty you know. Cool. Until we see Saba, we don't really know. Maybe Saba is more better suited to this. Right, and it's just two here, or even a double pivot with these yeah. two. But anyway, the bottom line is that this gives you defense in the midfield. It allows the wings to go forward. They're no longer crowding these guys' spaces, right? And that's how it, it needs to be, right? You cannot, there is no room for both Silva and Saba in this system because you have to start with the fact that Lennon cannot and Wiley cannot play in a back four. This is not defensive enough, particularly if he refuses to play these two guys together, which he will, which I think is nuts. If you do this, you have to play these two guys. You have to, have to, have to, have to, right? So in this case, you know, you, you have to play those two guys and then Almada becomes, you know, in the middle, Saba comes over here and it's Silva comes in, right? That's what everybody's saying, and that's probably what he's going to do. But you have to have these two guys. What he's going to do in reality, which is an absolute nightmare, is this is his double pivot. And now you have a back four with two guys on the outside who are much better attacking than defending. You have no protection in the middle. You cannot win the ball up the field, and it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. So that means we're going to be eighth, barely make the playoffs, maybe ninth. What do, you, what do you think, Carmen? Eighth or ninth? 
I'm going nine. Nine. Even with the new signings, man. Well, you know, I don't know them yet. I don't know them yet. But yeah. once I see them, I might have to reevaluate. All right. So. So what I, what I hope people will look for is what I think is going to happen is this is the way it's going to start, the way we have it up here, clearly. I, I, I don't think this is much in doubt whatsoever. He's going to play a 4-3-3 three, three It might be Jose too instead of Sadich, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be Sadich, but it could be Jose too. But it's going to be some sort of 4-3-3 three, three with Silva and Saba together with Gigi and Amada playing, you know, one. It could be a 4-2-3-1. Anyway, it's going to look a lot like this. And what's going to happen is we're going to get overrun in the midfield. And the first thing he's going to do is try to blame it on Sadich, switch him. Then he's going to ultimately blame it on Moyamba, try to switch him with Sosa. And none of that's going to help. Yep. That's what you should look for. And it looks so good on paper, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Like the Silva, Porta guy, the Saba guy, on top of Amada and Gigi, who are potentially the, in the top five of MOS between the two of them, right? So now you're adding another DP and Saba and this Silva, Silva guy from Porto. Like, if you're looking at paper, you're like, oh, my God, we should be scoring goals all well, day long. Well, this is what people said. They showed this on Twitter. A lot of people had this, and they're like, look, attacking-wise, it's so good on paper. But if you cannot win the ball in the midfield, you get overrun in the middle. It doesn't matter who you have up front because they don't get the ball. Yeah. Just, just setting me up there, Dave. That's all. <laughs> all right. Wait, can we go back a second? Did Doug Roberson invite you to a Atlanta United practice? Mm -hmm. Is this what I'm hearing? Yeah, he was yes, like, he did. Be because I posted the five in the back as the best way to use our roster right now, yeah. he said, maybe you should come watch a practice. Huh. Because we're not training it now, clearly. Because Doug is obviously there, right? right. Yeah. And Doug is obviously like, I am seeing that they're playing four in the back. Dude. Clearly. Yeah. And he's and, right. And he's right. He's, right, he's right. And I'm like, Doug, I'm not disagreeing with you. We're I saying like, what should happen, right. not what should is happen. going to happen. I'm just saying you should roll up on a practice because it sounds like you've been invited. That's uh, all I'm saying. Uh, you can need you a trailer of the golf cart up there and just roll in on the golf cart. <laughs> can we just I show like our that. Twitter and be like, we've been invited? <laughs> exactly. we, bring our, we should bring our, uh, what was our... Uh, Philadelphia passes and see what yeah our, our backstage passes <laughs> yeah. for the soccer coaches convention yeah, I like it right. come on all I right. will play all right that's enough for Atlanta United yeah yeah enough Atlanta United League's Cup let's go back to Messi and his performance mm. even after dominating Atlanta United uh, they had beaten Cruz Azul obviously with his stellar penalty kick we talked or uh, free kick we talked about that. His debut is phenomenal, but then he just put on a clinic against Atlanta United. Then they go on to play their state rival in Orlando. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> you know, while the refereeing was absolutely terrible in that game. Yeah, the penalty kick that Joseph uh, earned yeah. was uh, pretty bad. It's about it as soft, soft as it gets. Yeah. And the fact that VAR can't get that right is embarrassing. Um, but nonetheless, the goal that, you know, Messi had off his chest that Taylor chipped to him. <laughs> Beautiful. And then, boop, boop. then yeah, then Joseph gets a really soft peak, uh, PK. But Lionel Messi, I think, deferred to allow Joseph to take it. He does his little stutter step shit that drives me crazy. But he scores anyway. Scores. And then uh, there's another cross from, from the left side over mm -hmm. to Joseph Martinez, who takes it. And just looks up and just does a little bubble Ooh. chip to Messi, who rips it into the left corner. That was beautiful. And then you're like, it was. 
Joseph and and Messi, or, it's a little too easy. One thing I'll, Gotta be I'll happy. say, if you're if you're a youngster out there, or if you're a coach, or even if you're just a fan of soccer, you're watching Messi, right? The thing that you should note about that is on none of those plays did Messi go like absolutely full speed or whatever. He didn't have to. It's timing, mm-hmm. timing timing he's moving at the exact right time anticipating that the ball could come there he's been patient enough to stay most players go way too early they end up way in there early they stand around he's patient enough people call it his walking he's not walking he's no. like stalking like I, a exactly. <laughs> like a tiger or a panther or something. and then he just moved and he just he didn't even go full speed on those it's, he just arrived at the right time that's what everybody has to understand when you watch Messi. it's Literally like that lion in the plains of Africa that is just stalking, is like just conserving its energy. <laughs> That's so it is. It's yes. just like, why is he being so lazy? That the the zebra's right there, dude. Get it. And he's like, No, nope, not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I go now, the zebra's gonna get away. Yeah. Exactly. And he just he just understands and watches all the other chess pieces and then it's like, now's the time. Boom. And then it's like cheetah. Lion, boom, he, he accelerates, and sure enough, the ball comes right in, composure, chest it, and just rips it in the back of the It's so amazing because you're like, he's messy. Everyone knows he's messy. So how is he yeah. this open? Like, how is yeah. he open to take that ball off I, his chest? Ex- he is, I swear to goodness, and on that ball, I swear, as soon as that guy, like, turned his head half an inch to, like, see where the ball was going, that's when he went and was open. On the replay, Seven of the zebras turned around and looked at like, how is the lion exactly. open behind me? They were like, it was, it was awesome. It's incredible. It well, and he did incredible. this to Atlanta United too, which is so on the first one, after being dominated for 10 minutes, he dropped in the middle to see whether Parada would go with him. Right. And when Parada didn't go with him, he's like, okay, if you don't go with me, I'm going to get on the ball and run at you. And if you do go with me, then I'm going to ghost in behind you. Right. You just, he, what he did, and if if you are Miguel Berry out there, you should listen to this, right? He made the defenders make a choice. And all he did by, by taking up a starting position that was 10 or 15 yards back towards his own goal, he now made a choice. He didn't go far enough where it was easy for one of the center midfielders to pick him up. He got in that 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 awkward gap between the defensive midfielder and the and defenders, right? Yeah. So once he does that, he makes you make a choice. Parada made a bad late choice, right? And the problem, if Parada had gone with him initially and had been there right on his back, then even if he got beat, he could have fouled him. If he had stayed back completely, then he would have taken away that run in behind him and it would have been fine. By going in between, he got absolutely torched, right? Because he went late. And the same thing is, so later he was like, I'm not going to do that. Parada's like, I'm not going to do it again, right? Fool me once, you know, whatever. But so he stayed back. And so then all they did was Messi was like, okay, now he gave him the ball at his feet. And he now dribbled at the back four, played it out wide. Again, most of the players would have played it out wide and then Booked it into the box and just been standing around. He just started walking a little bit, biding his time. And then when he finally thought, okay, he's really going to get a cross off. Now is my time to go. And he just arrived right at the right time. Boom, far post call. Yeah. It's, it's about making defenders make choices. It's about knowing space. It's about patience. 
right? And he never has to really use and completely, he has that gear, but he doesn't usually use it. Yeah. And in those plays, he didn't. So against against Orlando, you, you do see the LeBron James, Michael Jordan effect with referees mm. of the superstar, right? So, you know, Messi probably on the verge of a double yellow red card in that game. But you're never going to do that as a ref in, never. in MLS. Never. Uh, so you're going to see more of that with, with Messi. Uh, he was obviously kind of chippy. I was surprised how he was barking at mm-hmm. the other players. But I love that. Like, he's engaged and playing. Um, so hopefully we'll see more of that. And uh, Jordy Alba finally made his appearance in that Orlando game too. So I want to return for just a second to sort of Carmen's question, which is how do you stop Messi, right? And the answer to that is crowd the space, right? Because once he gets on the ball and in space, he's really, really dangerous. If you want to see how to stop Messi, all you have to do is go back to when Mourinho was the Real Madrid coach playing against Barcelona. And multiple times he just completely blanketed Messi because he just put numbers around him. He assigned one guy to be on him. There was always two or three other guys around the ball and just gave him no space whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I I know how to stop Messi. You want to hear my theory? Injure him? (laughs) No. No, I I don't think you need to injure him. Is it legal? Sweet. I seriously seriously don't like the, the reckless injury thing. But I think even from the Orlando game, I can see you can get under his skin. Mm-hmm. I think he's vulnerable At mentally. this age, he is. At sure. this age, yeah. he is vulnerable. Yeah. So what you do, the first thing you need to do to stop Messi is stop Busquets. Yep, okay. for sure. Right. So stop that bull crap where yeah. Busquets can look up with 30 yards and play a straight ball up the center of the park to Messi. That's just... You've got to dominate idiotic. the middle of the park against them, which got, you can do. Yeah, which you can do, okay. And then, then you need the coach to tell... The defensive players, there is a rotational bumping of Messi. Bump, 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 bump. Never the same person. Never a foul. But Never a, a foul. I like it. But cheeky little BS against mm. the best player in the world. I No mercy. I am talking about Cobra Kai shit. <laughs> It's, it's how you stop him. Sweep the leg. You got to sweep the Put leg. In a Bobby bag. Not Johnny. fully sweep like because you don't want to take out the best no. player in the world. That would be sad. But horrible. you can get yes. into a thirty-six-year-old's yeah. head pretty Especially easily because he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time, it didn't matter. He would just jump over, yeah. keep going, whatever. Now he doesn't really have yeah. that anymore, yeah. and mm-hmm. so he can get frustrated. Yeah. And that we've might, all been there. We've all <laughs> been there. Said, <laughs> trying to play still. You're like, God, I used to be Especially able to do in the that. MLS. That yeah. that's gonna it's gonna drive him nuts. Oh. It wrecks the tempo of everything he's trying to do to uh-huh. be that lion, to be calm and cool and collective. That's how you stop Messi. All right, I like and, it. And, and Atlanta United is the textbook about how not to stop Messi because we don't close down anybody in in the midfield or in especially not in that gap between the yeah. midfield and the back. That's that we're we're always vulnerable yeah. there. And Orlando actually did a little bit of that, which okay. I respect. They, so Orlando actually followed. Yeah. They're much better coached. They're much better coached. <laughs> they 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 followed a little bit of that Cobra Kai there, except the referee just totally gave. Messi the benefit of the doubt. He should have been kicked out of the game. Right. And he wasn't. But that'll catch up to him at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, there is going to be a ref that has enough gumption because it's so obvious he's got to make that decision. But, yeah, I I even understand the referee in that game. You're not going to go. I don't think Messi going to dominate Nashville, for example, defensively way better side. I do. 
I think um, he's going to dominate everyone unless you do what I just said. No, that's what I said. I think they're going to do that. Okay. Yeah. I like and, it. And, and I think that they're going to be able to shut him down. That's good. No one's going to shut him down. That's the thing. Like, that's, he's, he's that good. I don't think anybody's going to show. He's going to, he's not going to have. I think this. thus far MLS has made him look really good. Well, I don't not, think at this age he's that good anymore. It's, it's also, this isn't MLS. This is still Lee's Cup. He's never played an MLS game. Yes, but it's against MLS teams every time. Well, Pro- not every time Cruz Azul was his first game. Yeah. yeah. So. Pro- problem is the frontal lobe is developed. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So. Sanchez, women's women's World Cup. This is where I have to yield all knowledge to Dave and Carmen. Uh, although I know that we're playing Sweden in what the quarterfinals? No, round of sixteen. Round of sixteen. Round of sixteen. Not even a quarterfinal. <laughs> and you guys are not optimistic, Carmen. You want to go first? I well, okay. So I am trying to be optimistic. It has been, to use y'all's words, shambolic thus far. But. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking, put the camera on you. (laughs) It, yeah. Um, So far, it has not been good. But, you know, any tournament like this, you want to be building. They made it through just barely, and there have been some very good teams who did not. Yep. Um, Germany, Brazil. I mean. And the thing is, I'm try- yes, I'm trying to change my perspective about this World Cup. I have really enjoyed it. Okay, really enjoyed. It's been it. a terrific tournament. It has so been. Far. I mean, because I thought when they went from 24 to 32 teams that the oh, the the round the you know the opening rounds were going to be awful. Going to be blowouts. I thought they were all. Me too. I thought they were all going to be blowouts. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. There have been fantastic games. games. Teams that you never thought. The world's thought. got a lot better. Yes. Women across yeah. the globe have gotten a lot better. And I think that is what us as Americans are having a problem with. Because we're not <laughs> as dominant. We That's not go. the only That's thing. That's not right? the only thing. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of things. But I think that, especially people who don't really know soccer, it's the fact we're not as dominant. Right. But I think for people who really know soccer, the coaching is frustrating the bejesus <laughs> out of us. Yeah. It is so very frustrating. But I'm sure, you know, Coach Katz will give his Katz corner about all of it. But um, I am actually optimistic that we are building. We will do better against Sweden. I think we will win. It's because you're patriotic. You're not logical like Dave. You're patriotic. Uh, The thing is, this tournament, I'm not even really for. You know how you were saying about Barry? Yeah. During the Portugal game, there was a point where I was like, they need to lose. I almost yeah. want them. I am up this early watching this crap. I yeah. want them to lose. But as soon as that ball bounced off that post, I was like, whoosh. <laughs> Correction. I did not want Correction. them to lose. I was just kidding I'm myself. just kidding about that, soccer yeah. gods. So I, I, I want to be patriotic. I want the U.S. to win at the end of the day. But there are just some teams that are so fun to watch. So what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong so far? I'll let Cats take that one. Are they doing anything right? <laughs> they have to do something right. They got out of the group stage, right? Just barely, though. And the coaching decisions and the lineups are just not there at all. And and now we're in a position that I feel like, even though I'm being positive, I feel like he has put us in a position where we need to play people who are not going to have confidence, aren't really, you know, aren't, like, invested. Like Sanchez. Like, she should be yeah. playing, but I would be pissed off. I'm like, what, now? Really? 
Yeah, but so, he gambled. A, the, you have to roll the dice at this at this oh, stage. He's like, got to go at this point, especially with to. Rose Lavelle not playing. He's not going to. Oh God! So what he's going to do? As I told you from the very beginning, right? You know, you we we talked after we had podcast after the first game, right? Mm-hmm. The three nothing win over Vietnam, right? And you yep. said, "Is that a?" Just to line up for that team, or is that is that it? And I said, no, that's it. That's his thing. And and you said, oh, really? I didn't, I didn't believe you. You didn't believe didn't me. Believe and, then, and then you said, who's the first sub? And I said, Rapinoe. <laughs> <laughs> and you said, really? No, that can't. She's got it. And I said, yeah. And that was the first sub again, yeah. all the time. So that that's his thing. And you know, if you're gonna give stand on your head and give Lacko the real benefit of the doubt. You would say the one thing that he could say is that defensively, we have not given up much of anything, right? We've given up one goal and one goal on very small number of shots. I think we have the fewest shots against us in the whole tournament. That's good. So if you argue with that, you would say, look, we can survive, just never give up goals and just keep, you know, grinding out one nothing win, maybe a penalty kick zero zero win. I think that also is an optimistic view because yes, we've been good defensively, but to be honest with you, we haven't, we didn't have that hard of a group. Holland was the only team that was even remotely good. And um, I'm not sure Holland's going anywhere either. And Holland looked very dangerous against us at times. They had a lot more chances. So, uh, I think we're just a good team away from from giving up two, um, and then if we give up two, it's over, right? Oh we, yeah, we, we can't never, score. We can't score. We can't score. Um, so I think that's optimistic. Now it's a wide open tournament, mm-hmm. and nobody's looked fabulous, right? So did, did not have the bet that we're going all the way. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad bet. I yeah. think it's possible. No, I think it's possible. It's not possible. I just feel I'm like I'm just reminding a myself of like you know. Our road is ridiculous at this point. It is. Because we have Sweden, then, then we have Japan, and then they we have good. Spain, right? I think that's right. That's just to get to the final. No. Okay. No way this team is going <laughs> through those three teams, <laughs> right? Um, it probably looked like the three best teams in the whole tournament. So if we beat... England might be up. So what's your, what are your predictions against Sweden? How, what, what, what's that game going to look like? Honestly, I think we lose. Okay, but what's it going to look like? Why? Well, Why? so here's the thing. So so he ain't going to change anything, right? So he has to change something because Rose Lavelle got yellow card suspended, which is really a tragedy because Ugh, she was one of the few things that was hanging us on defensively, very, uh, offensively. Um, she can't play. So, you know, as we had said from the very beginning, the, the obvious replacements for Rose Lavelle are Alec, uh, Sanchez, who hasn't played Ashley a Sanchez. minute. She hasn't played a minute. Or even, I would say, the second backup would be Mewis. Has not Kristen played Mewis. a minute. Um, but what he went with was Samantha DeMello, and she was okay. She had never had a cap for the U.S. at all, period. Um, she had her debut. So he's going to go back to Samantha DeMello. He will uh, not. Come on, yes, please. Yes, he will. No. Yes, he will. <laughs> because his view of it is all these critics are wrong. Because what they don't understand is we have been terrific defensively. And so, you know, it's just a matter of us converting a few chances and suddenly we're going to win 3 nothing in a big game because we're not giving up anything. That is a way, like, super optimistic view of what we've done. 
So I've also read that it's a bit of a debacle here on the scheduling with the broadcast for the Sweden game and everything because the way that it was it wasn't supposed to be at five a.m. It was supposed to be was it Holland or whoever right. became who was first in the the group right that the game was supposed to be like prime time at like yep. two two in the afternoon or something one at one p.m. Uh, but because it's 5 a.m., like a lot less people are going to be watching that game, right? And so they did not have any sort of flexibility built in with Fox or whoever's broadcasting this to say. They assumed we were going to win the group. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, but, they also, yeah. but they also didn't negotiate with Fox and these networks to say, hey, like in NFL or whatever, if, if this does happen, like can we swap these, these mm-hmm. air times? So they're like locked in to this 5 a.m., which seems stupid. Can't be good for. That's good. You don't want a lot of people to sales. watch what's going to happen. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to watch people. All right. So back to so it. So you want another problem? No, go ahead. I don't want to know the problem, but you tell me the problem. Are you going to use Our actual people's names? probably want another problem. <laughs> yeah, of course. So the problem has been what we said from the very beginning, which is this team has. Terrific attacking talent. We've got a couple injuries that have hurt us, but we still have terrific attacking talent. Certainly, um, um, Sophia Smith and um, Rodman, Trinity Rodman, and even, you know, who hasn't played basically a minute, Thompson off the bench. Um, Could, you know, all terrific attacking talents, right? But they have to, a la Atlanta United, they have to get the ball turned over quickly where they have a non-set defense. What we have had two problems. So first of all, we cannot stop anybody from any time they get out of the back, they go right to the forward. We cannot win the ball in the middle. We have zero defense in the middle. Does that sound familiar? And the other thing that happens is when we win the ball in the back, we can't play through the middle, right? Our midfield. No release. So we have uh, Haran, who's been terrific. Fantastic. She's, she's, she's out, right? Huh? No, no. She's it's, playing. It's Lavelle is Lavelle's out. out. I thought Haran is out on cards. Am I no, right? it's Lavelle, Lavelle is, is out, out on, on cards. cards. Right. Yep. So those players are terrific players when somebody is winning the ball and giving it to them, a la, you know, Almada or whatever. But when they have no feeding to them and nobody can get them on the ball, they're, they're, they're luxury players. They're not really great defensively. And they're luxury players. So we <laughs> said this from the very beginning. You need somebody to win the ball in the midfield. His solution was Andy Sullivan. She has been the weakest link for sure. She's it's not awful. She's awful. not winning the ball. And whenever she wins the ball, you know, even when she occasionally wins the ball up top, you're like, okay, good. Right. You know, that quick ball to the players in the, when the defense is not set, she doesn't do it. She plays backwards and sideways. And you're like, okay, what happened to our counterattack? Yeah, Gone, a, right? Yeah. So that's... She's, like she's straight crawfish. Yes. Crawfish Satan. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so this is that's a big like, problem. Dance around. Yeah. We're going to go backwards. Back, go backwards. backwards. Yeah. Go backwards. <laughs> that's a Marcetis for you. All right. And I so, get it. I get it. Yeah. You, I mean, you're going to be a blown away by this because so then so he has the player who did that for their team and won the world cup for it was Ertz. Mm -hmm. she didn't play for a couple years and it was a hard time he brought her back parachuted her in and instead of playing her in center midfield he played her in center back right (laughs) which is 
crazy because she actually she's done out pretty well in the center back they've been good defensively but she still looked vulnerable to pace in behind yes. her and they have nobody to win the ball in the midfield like yeah and she's the only one who plays that quick ball there to the is. players, you yes. know, whatever. So she's been trying to do it from center back. Yes. So she's got to try to break two lines from the she's center back. She's trying to yep. break two lines from the center back. That's not that's not dangerous. With a crawfish. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's these longer balls. And it worked against Vietnam, but it did not work against the Netherlands. And it didn't work against Portugal. Does that surprise anybody? And then on top of all that... You know, Alexi Lalas was poor criticizing Crystal Dunn. He's like, he's like, it's like she's never played out there before, which is nuts because Crystal Dunn. Right. I was listening to the Tobin Heath and Kristen Press uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, I've been listening to that too, which is terrific. It is but fantastic. They were saying like, look, Crystal Dunn is a terrific player. She didn't suddenly go from being the best left back in the world to nobody. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's on an island, and a they have no protection, so people are running up and feeding it in, and on top of it. You'll love this, Mikey Dobbs. She's been asked to pinch in next to the center back. And hold hands. Yes. It's... Well, they tell a story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's so many, like, sometimes I'm watching them and I'm like, this is Atlanta United. It's Atlanta United. Bad coaching. Pineda is coaching. (laughs) Yeah. It's just... It's like Pineda coaching. He hasn't realized that you have to win the ball in the midfield. He doesn't have... He, it's basically like, instead of playing Sosa, he's playing Josetu or Sadich in the defensive midfield, right? That's that's Andy Sullivan, Sullivan. right? Yeah. So when they win the ball, just like Josetu does, he often plays back or, or sideways or so, Sadich. And on top of that, they don't win the ball that much. He's got them pinched in. I mean... And so all we're doing is we're playing it into feet of the the attacking players and we're asking them to go one-on-one beat their players and hopefully create something yep there's no team anything yeah so it's the almada and Gigi show right which is the haran and sophia smith show and it's exactly the same like no those of you out there listening to the podcast pineda blacko same it really put, is. Put in the crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's just no like exciting runs. There's just because we're not winning the ball and we don't keep it long enough to like have those runs. So no it dynamic. is Yeah. So it is just like Naomi Gurma and Julie Ertz trying to clear. When we're trying lines. to play out of the back, there's no option in the middle yeah. because Sullivan's not an option and it's all the way in the back. And so they're ending up having to break two lines all the time and it's just sort of long ball. Yeah. Okay. We can't win the ball and turn it over quickly. But seriously, do you really think he's not going to make a change? I mean, I feel like... Nope. With everyone down on them, this is the time. This is the time to do it. No, this is the time when those coaches... It's too risky. No, they dig in. They double down. They double down. They're like, look, you don't understand what you're seeing. I know what I'm seeing. And what he's going to argue, and there's a little bit of it to it, that look, defensively, he's like, I can't move Ertz to the midfield because we've been so good defensively, right? We've been the best team in the tournament defensively, and we're going to continue to do that until Sweden puts three on us, right? <laughs> you know, it's going to happen, right? One of these teams, either Sweden or Japan or Spain, is going to put two or three on us. It's over, right? There's no way we're running the three of those. I don't really know whether we're going to lose to Sweden or not. I'm going to predict that we do. 
But we're definitely not running those three games. Oh, man. And he's bad at subbing. Did I mention that, oh, too? Oh, my God. I was screaming. Screaming at the top. So we need, we cannot lose this game. To go <laughs> forward, we must draw. That's yeah. it. He was subbing people that I swear, like I've even said out loud, Emily Sonic, God bless her, probably great for the locker room, should never see the field. But they put her in. I feel like a fire button's needed. She's heating up. She's heating up. She's on fire. What are you doing? Like, oh, and they, the goal that the shot that hit the post. She stood like that ball came when Ju- she just assumed Julie Ertz was going to win it. Yeah. She stopped moving. It went over Julie Ertz. This was, it was awful. This was, was awful. so classic Atlanta United. So he moved Sonnet in there and he went to three center in the back, right? So you'd think it'd be better defensively. But what it did was it caused that nobody really knew who was the person who was going to yep. get the ball. So they both kind of went for it and nobody got it. It went right in. And, you know, fortunately, she walked in and hit the post. But. As the, the Portugal player, we, we were two inches from being eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Ursa crawfish button. No. Where is it? So, so is let's it go backwards. Sunday's the game. Yes. I think we've talked about it all. Let's let's see how it goes. Dave, pessimistic. Carmen and I positive. I'm gonna go. We win two one. Dustin, what's your prediction on women winning against Sweden? Come on. Uh, I, I think it, we're going to be down one. Down by one. Yeah. So there you go. It's going to be one nothing or two to one down. All right. I think we've talked about it all. Anything else? I will say I did look up the handball thing. Okay. Ah, do we have an answer? Uh, it was I think, the Gaelic, Gaelic refs. I guarantee it. Yes. In addition to the Gaelic refing, <laughs> um, I don't even know what site this is. Football is like they say it's official. I Football is. is. IFAB. They have okay. diagrams and All everything. Right. But when you click, a player head slash kicks the ball and then it hits their own hand and arm. Question mark. The answer is, this is not a handball. Unless the ball goes directly into the opponent's goal or the player See? scores immediately afterwards, in which case a direct free kick is awarded to the other team. So apparently, See? I don't know where this comes from. <coughs> oh, shit. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's just it's as like... Footballrules.com. That, yeah. that is not... I think it's that is actually not, it's the only FIFA. possible explanation. I mean, I think the Gaelic answer is... Better than this one, so either way, but I don't know. I call Bullocks and all that. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a Gaelic website, actually. Bullocks, it's a Gaelic, Gaelic uh, football I rules mean, website. You, you type in Gaelic football. Uh, <laughs> we have reached the end of the internet at this point. We this have. is like ATL on fire. Has We can't even figure out the answer to what a handball is. That is the biggest problem in <laughs> soccer, though. What is a handball? So we'll go with that. And bad refereeing, but... All right. Are we ready to end with some dancing? Dancing. (laughs) (laughs) This Friday night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, people. Bye, guys. Take care. (laughs)